Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. And good morning. <laughs> good morning, Barbara. How you doing? 
great. They let us they let us back together. Are we gonna make it through the hour? They are. How foolish they are. I'm logging oh, now. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and log out now. And uh, I'm just I'm gonna let you two go for an hour. I'll be back oh, at eight. Lord, 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 Lord. But well, it's so great to have you filling in for Michelle McLean. Uh, although Michelle, it's not great that she's not here. It's it's great to have uh, of course you, uh, by my side uh, on Breakfast with Champions, Barbara. It's a uh, Finance Friday, and I think you know the previous segment. I mean, what great hacks on YouTube, you know, and and uh, he's speaking to the algorithm and understanding that view time is what uh, it causes the algorithm to tilt in your favor on YouTube. Of course, right? It's because they get to serve you up ads. The longer you are on their platform, they want you on their platform, and the more eyeballs you attract to their platform, the more they're going to give you a favorable positioning in the algorithm. It's kind of a simple uh, format. So if you uh, think that the seven seconds in and out done is going to get it done, even though the content's great, you're not going to have the, the retention that you're looking for on that, that platform. And we, we had a, a real interesting experiment in, in automotive. We made a seven-minute uh, presentation on one of our cars. And my God, how boring can it be looking at a car for seven minutes? But the reality was the content, Barbara, was so great. We were able to keep for free people um, on that video for an average of 172 seconds, which in the world of YouTube for uh, for that kind of sourcing was fantastic. And, and just think about a television commercial that you have the option to skip, yet you watch for 172 seconds. It was It was huge news for us. And needless to say, we had tens of thousands of eyeballs on that particular car. And in that particular time period, we led the nation in sales on that car directly attributable to a, a walk around that we put on a CRV on, on YouTube. So understanding how that algorithm works, I think, is great. And what great free content, valuable content uh, was shared. It's, it's awesome. No, I agree. And what I love, and we talked about last night, um, you know, the, the power of the, the pivot. You know, we're all going to go through highs and lows in business and the key is to not end up like blockbuster right brian like you know yeah. we're always going to need cars there the industries are always going to change everything is cyclical no 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 no, no 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 let me let me stop you there no we're yeah go for it need, we're not always going to need cars we're always going to need mobility transportation Mo mobility right and mobility take away someone's mobility there's a great uh picture of of a woman stuck in a jar in a crouched position uh, and, and showing that she had no mobility. Take away somebody's mobility and they'll go, you know, bat, bat poop crazy. Uh, and today, people in automotive have to be uh, understanding of that. It's not the way your mom used to do it or your dad used to do it. People want transportation. They want it on their terms. They want it easy. They want it frictionless. They want it uh, when they want it. And, and they're, they're, they're getting used to this in every facet of, of their life. And uh, he, uh, he spoke also about uh, the ability to get a camera for a couple of bucks that rivals some of the more expensive equipment because the, the market demands instant gratification, right? It, it, I've got a guy who does production, Barbara. It's second to none, but he takes forever. He's such a freaking perfectionist. So he'll go to an event and film it for us. And a week later, I'll get the content and it's beautiful, but it's stale. Mm -hmm. It's stale. And there's some kid there with an iPhone 8 
that's that's shooting content from the same event that's loading it on Instagram and LinkedIn and YouTube and getting thousands of impressions. And, you know, and so we've got to understand time is the new currency today. Time is a currency. And in fact, people value time more than money. Let me repeat that. People value time more than money. And you could say, no, I don't. Well, you can get more money, but you can't get more time. The good Lord at midnight last night deposited 24 hours in my bank account. Ben Stocky got 24 hours. Let's see what the hell you can do with those 24 hours. And, and that's really the challenge, right? And that's whatever endeavor you're going after. It's how do you make the best use of your time? And, uh, you know, I think these hacks and people that understand this, that share this on stage with people really give us s some insights. Oh, yeah. You know, I've heard um, Mark Cuban always says time is your most valuable commodity. And so that, you know, that lands with me. And you're right. Like things that it's like the news, the news cycle, you know, is so quick and you've got to be able you've got to be able to keep up and you've got to be able to to pivot. That's where the eyeballs are going. If, you know, if, if they're going to YouTube and they're going, you know, they're not going to billboards or even television commercials anymore. Have you ever notice something that's news related on uh, YouTube? If you look at it and it's three days old, you don't bother because it's too old. I mean, it's, it's like Insane. having a, a, it's like having a newspaper from a week ago. I, I don't want to see that. You know, if I'm looking at, let's say, Tucker Carlson, and if it's Tucker Carlson from last night, oh, okay, probably didn't see that. Let me, let me check it out. If it's Tucker Carlson from last week, oh, I already know that. You assume you already know that. So pass. And, and I think we have to look at our content uh, in, in the same manner. The ability to capture content, to get it out there. Think of how much content, think of the internet like space. Think of how much content is contained in a single minute globally on the internet. It's gazillions of gigabytes, of, of terabytes of information. In order for you to make an impact, you're going to have to target the right audience at the right time, repeatedly over a period of time, if you wanna make any sort of an impression out there. That one video that you made that's a minute long, that's really great, that you post out there about your company, that's great. But it, it, it's like a, a grain of sand in the Sahara Desert. It's not going to get noticed, but it's a cumulative impact of every day creating content, every day doing something worthy of creating content that starts to get you some traction. Oh, I agree. And being consistent. I think that's the one thing that I see uh, – I, you know, you're you're doing 75 hard right now, and I gotta I say am. this. I am. I'm <laughs> so one, excited. I'm first of all, I have to share with you what I'm finding so inspiring and applicable to, to me is that you've had to restart a handful of times because of people like you. <laughs> about a dozen <laughs> times. Barbara, wait a second. A wait, a, Brian. Wait, wait. I'm gonna I call wasn't with me. You. That was Glenn. I don't no, take responsibility. No, but you, but you started it. You planted the seed in my head. You said, you know, <laughs> listen, I'm a cancer survivor. You only live once, you know. Have a drink. <laughs> Give me a break. And, and and I was like, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I'm like, she's right. She's right. She's right. And, and, and I didn't do it. But the next day, I'm with Glenn. I go, ah, you only live once. Give me a Budweiser. <laughs> I'm sorry. I planted that seed. You but, didn't. It grew um, into a tree quick. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, listen, I could do 75 uh, not so hard, um, but I'm <laughs> sorry about that. But what I like and I think that everyone can take from you that every that is so important is that you never stop restarting. And that's really the key is to Barbara, know when, when did your parents give up on your learning to walk? <laughs> I'm, I'll I'm tell walking. you when when you walked. That's it. Period. 
Nobody, nobody, when's the last time someone asked you, hey, Bob, should you learn to walk? Nobody cares. It's not relevant. What's relevant is that you're walking. And so what difference does it make if it takes three or four or five times? And, and uh, not to let myself off the hook, I, I didn't treat. Is that Brian's phone or my phone? I think it's Brian's phone. <laughs> Brian, you're going into, into the matrix. Are you back? I mean, just leaving us hanging right there. Um, you know, I, it reminds me, I was talking, I was on a podcast this week, and we we're talking about David Goggins. And we see David Goggins down here at the Jersey Shore all the time. His, his fiance lives down here for yeah. the or his fa yeah. family. Li oh, Brian, you're back. Okay, you, you went yeah, into yeah. the matrix. Okay. Oh, okay. I, I said, what, what do you do? You fail, uh, and, and then you, you, you've got a learning from the failure. And you go back at it again. And then what do you do? You fail again. You've got some new learnings. And, and that's really right, right out of Ray Dalio's principles. You know, it, it's you set an audacious goal. That's step number one. You set an audacious goal and, and you start moving in that direction. And if it's an audacious goal, you're expected to fail. If you do not fail, hey, you know, the people that run through 75 hard the first time and they do it, I, I almost call bull. I almost call bullshit on that. And let me tell you why. Because you didn't set that bar high enough. And if you're going to go out and you're going to walk for 45 minutes and you're going to walk 45 minutes at night and you're going to call. And I don't want to take anything away from somebody. Somebody that's been on the couch that does that, that's, that's admirable. But if you're setting an audacious goal, the fact that it's audacious means there's, there's going to be failure. And then what do you do? You get from the failure learnings. And then what do you do? You reapproach it. And, and as you we approach it, you start to get success. And as you get success, you get a win. And as you get a win, you set bigger and more audacious goals. And so when I looked at the failure, it wasn't failure. It was learning how to get that done, setting up a better schedule. Uh, the, the better schedule is, okay, I'm gonna, I, I can do the cardio stuff in the morning uh, and because I hate doing it later in the morning. So let me, let me get the cardio out in the morning. Midday, okay, I can, I can skip the time I usually allocate for lunch and I can get the strength training in. So I, you know, pop out of the dealership where I would normally go for lunch and I go to the gym uh, four miles away and, and I, 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 I push some weights around for the 45 minutes. I'm done. Lunch is easy. It's a can of damn tuna fish and some, some salad and I, that I can eat in my office in about 30 seconds. And the, the water, it's just, you know, it's do the math, right? If you got to drink 120, uh, ounces of water, 128 ounces of water, just break it down into four 40-ounce uh, uh, sessions, and, and you've got, by the end of the night, you don't have to have quite as much. The, par the problem with me with the water is I pee so damn much, <laughs> and it takes it takes a lot of time out of my day. At 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm getting up like an old guy and peeing, and, 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 and it's not that I'm an old guy. It's because I'm full. I'm constantly full uh, of water. I'm, I'm at 100% capacity, and it you know, runs through the system, and it's got to go. So that, that, and that, that's, been, that's been the most difficult part of this session. Hey, the alcohol. I'm cured, man. I don't even – I found a drink, Barbara. I found a drink that, that, uh, for, for meals, lemonade. And most restaurants have lemonade, and it's okay. It quenches my thirst. I can't stand having water with dinner. Now, now, when I would have a glass of wine and a glass of water, that works. But just a glass of water at dinner didn't cut it. Having coffee at the beginning of dinner didn't cu cut it. Coca-Cola, in my opinion, is poison, so that doesn't cut it. And I had to find something. I found something, lemonade. 
All right. I, you know, that's the one, well, there's a few things with 75 hard, but you know, I, I like that you have to get up and go to the bathroom because <laughs> that's, if that's the biggest problem you have, these are good problems to have. I don't think that would be my number one problem would probably be giving up my wine, which I don't drink a lot, but I just enjoy a Friday. Yeah. A we all, we all think we don't drink a lot. We all agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's measured in gallons, girl. And, and, and you know what happens? The glass of wine at lunch and the two glasses at dinner become two at lunch and three at dinner. And, and that's a quick bottle a day. And, and uh, I'm, know, not and, and, cool. I'm not and, that cool. I'm not you know that cool. And you know what the problem is? Here's the problem. The, the, you think you're okay, you know, until you ask yourself, when's the last week you didn't have a, a glass of wine? And, and then, you know, when I first was contemplating that, I think the answer was somewhere in the 80s. <laughs> and I'm like, well, well maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe there's a problem. I don't know. And, and, and being able to get my arms around that. And, uh, you know, I'm actually I have every 12 weeks I get a blood test and I'm like really looking, looking forward to seeing the difference between, you know, the motor oil. How is it? Uh, and I can tell you this in all honesty, I'd love to say, and you know what, without a glass of wine i wake up and i feel great i still feel like crap when i wake up and it's, i said no fair <laughs> no i might as well drink I, I i don't there's so so those of us those of you that are expecting that you don't drink for two days and oh, you're going to feel like a new person i'm here to tell you that's probably not what's going to happen i will say over time some of the fogginess has gone away and and i will tell you this also i i also i had a lunch with a, a couple of colleagues um, the other day. And after lunch, we were heading back to the store and I didn't have anything to drink. And I said to, to my, my uh, uh, EA, I said, Rachel, you know, I feel great. You know, I, you know, sometimes we'd have these meetings, I go back to the office, I've had a, a glass of wine or so, and I'm a little bit sluggish. And you don't consciously, you're not consciously aware of it. Only, uh, you're only aware of it when you have a comparison by not doing that and going back to work and being okay, and and it gives you something else, uh, Barbara. It gives you the rest of your day, where if I had to work out later on that evening or I have to do something, I'm not I'm not sluggish, and I don't have the fact that I just had a glass or two of wine hanging over my head. So I don't want to beat a dead horse, and I'm I'm not one of these reformed smokers that's going to point to somebody and say you smoke, you suck. No, I mean I I I, I enjoy a glass of Pinot Noir. Um, I'm not going to say like anybody else. I enjoy it more than anybody else. And I'm looking forward to <laughs> November the 8th uh, when my 75 heart is done, when my marathon is done, having a beautiful glass of acacia from, or a Pinot Noir from California, the Russian River uh, region of California. I'm looking forward to it. It's light. It's breezy. And because it's light and it's breezy, I drink a lot of it. <laughs> Careful. You're going to start. <laughs> you're making it hard on yourself the way you're making it sound. Uh, you know what? I want to tap into what I think we're in a society of instant gratification. So you do something for two days and you expect, you know, you expect miracles. And it's so important. The example that you're setting by. Hey, Barbara, we can't hear you. We lost. Yeah, I lost sound. There, my alarm. I don't know how to shut it off, but, um, I, I like these. I, I love these conversations because because of instant gratification, get rich well, quick. That, yeah, that's the key there, Bob. That that, mm -hmm. that expectation. You know, that's uh, 
Dear Charles Atlas, I completed my seven-day course. Please mail me my muscles. It doesn't work that way. You're not going to be a fitness model because you worked out twice, uh, two days in a row. But here's the deal. If you can keep the consistency and over a period of time and mix in some, a little bit of consistency with your diet, you could be a fitness model if that's what you're looking to do. Or you could be in a certain shape uh, if that's what you're looking to do. Or you could have abs at 60 if that's what you're looking to do. Or, or you know, we, we were in the gym this morning uh, training, and, and the high school kids were all in there because I guess something was going on at the school where they weren't in the gym. And wasn't it great? To be in a gym with a bunch of young high school boys and to be, you know, really pressing it and with a looking at you like this, there's something wrong with this guy. And to be looking at them like, you know, you guys, you don't know, man. And, and, you know, and you want to sit there and grab them and say, hey, let me share with you all the screw ups I did over the past 40 years. So you don't do the same thing. But they're not my kids. They're somebody else's kids. So I'll leave that to somebody else. But 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 it, it's good to be able to be. Uh, viable and to have some vitality uh, and and some strength and some energy for anything that you want to do. And and, and the message is just, you can do it too, wherever you are, just step wherever you are, just start. Yeah. And I think just what you said, where if that's what you want and you want to, you know, stake your claim to it, it's what you do along the way. It's the actions that you take. And then owning, again, the screw-ups, the setbacks, the, all right, I fell off the I fell off the tracks, but that doesn't mean I can't get back on the tracks. It's like going from New Jersey to San Diego. Okay, you took a detour. You got lost along the way, but that doesn't mean you pack up and you head back to the shores of New Jersey. You get back on the road. And uh, this is just something that I'm seeing with instant gratification, get rich quick, lose weight overnight, get your, you know, order in your muscles. People just don't understand the, the power of grit and persistence. And I think I know that by what I watch you on Instagram and I'm like, Oh man, he's back at it. That's it's awesome. Like, like I'm cheering for me from the sidelines. I can't wait for your, you know, November. that's awesome. And you know, I was going to say, I I saw a picture of you with your kids and, and beautiful, beautiful uh, children you have. And, and, the isn't it difficult sometimes the burden we place on our own kids because of the success uh, uh, successes we may have had and who we are and we've got to be uh, I'm I'm being very cognizant of that these days that you know my sons and my daughters look at things and they see the position that I'm in now and think that that's easy and I think they they sometimes forget that that's behind that was 40 years of grinding 40 years of studying 40 years of failures 40 years of getting kicked in the teeth by the market 40 years of employees doing this or that 40 years of my own thinking the direction was the right direction and being the dead wrong direction and having to pivot and uh, not just pivot but pivot with a team of 500 people hey by the way that path i took you on was the wrong path sorry let's go hey and don't lose confidence in me we're, we're going to be good this time you know and, and uh, I'm I'm seeing that with my son, you know, my my uh, my oldest. He's 19 and trying to find himself, and he's you know tried this for a little bit, and he's a hard worker. So I think you know that he'll 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 make it. But he's he's wondering why. Well, I did this for six months. Why am I not driving a Ferrari? You know, I, he did this for six months. Why why can't I buy a penthouse in Manhattan? And he's looking at his $15 an hour job, and he's not articulating this, but I'm doing it for him. He's looking at his $15 an hour job and saying to himself, how the hell will I ever be able to do that? Whatever that is. And I I think we've got to be sharing honestly with our young people 
uh, and with the people that we are blessed to lead and our children, of course, especially, that the, the path is, is a path of time. It takes time. How much time? You, that answer is going to be different for all of us, right? And, and, and it depends on the endeavor and it depends on our ability to put our all into that endeavor. And I think that's a very unpopular message today especially you go on Instagram or TikTok, which is the even worse. Everybody is a gazillionaire on TikTok. How I made nine figures and I'm 22 years old. I look at this stuff and I scratch my head like, what? I'm trying to think of what was I doing at 22 years old? I was living in mom's basement apartment in East Isla. You know, that's what I was doing. <laughs> And, and the rent there was too high. I could barely pay the rent in my, in my parents' house. So let me ask you this, Brian. I Somebody posed this question to me. Uh, is it better to want or to have? Wolf climbing the hill. The wolf climbing the hill is always more hungry than the wolf on top of the hill. To want. Mm -hmm. To ambition. You know, uh, there's a song that has a line, to have ambition is my ambition. If, if you give me ambition. Oh, that's so good. Wait a second. Yeah, I got to write that yeah. down. To have ambition is my ambition. If you have ambition, you know, once you've got ambition uh, and, and you've got to Now, there's a, a lot of ingredients in the cake, damn it. Ambition's one, right? And you've got mix in some discipline. Oh, damn it. Discipline. Yeah. And then and then you've got to mix in with that some hard work. And you've, you've got to mix in with that some learning. Oh, a key ingredient. Let me go to the cupboard and the pantry. Okay, here's a cup. And you got to put a cup of failure in there. Cup of failure. I don't want to fail. Well, you're not going to have success without failure. It, it, it's, it's a key ingredient in, in success. It's failure is, is one of the ingredients. But I don't want to fail. Well, you, then you're going to let's put you, take you out of this bucket of ambition. And let's put you into the mediocre bucket over here. Mediocrity because you can coast along, not taking any chances, not failing. Oh, your life's going to suck, but you'll get the ability to say, I didn't fail. You're just going to, you're just going to go with the flow and, and, and like a flag in the wind, when it blows this way, you go this way. When it blows that way, you go that way. When it sucks for everybody, it sucks for you. When it's good for everybody, it's good for you. And you've got no control. But when you mix some failure in there and the wind blows this way and you say, I don't want to go that way. I want to go against the grain. You can. And you, you, you're going to sometimes run into the rocks, but that's part of the, the journey. And I think that's what is not discussed enough or brought up. So I every time, and I can, I always bring up the flood story for you and your dealership because it actually there's so much leadership, tenacity, perseverance intertwined with that. And that story, in my opinion, is one of your inflection points or defining moments of that you, nothing will take you down. Like whenever you will always get through anything that's thrown your way. And you just said you talked about failure. You know, when I hear that, I hear, for me, it's, I hear more people saying, oh, I don't want to like make a fool of myself and I don't want to embarrass myself and I don't want to get my feelings hurt and I don't want to do this. And once you can wrap, wrap your head around, you are going to make an ass out of yourself sometimes. You're, people are, people are going to laugh at you. People are going to question you. And you are going to, sometimes you're just, go, it's, you're just going to fall flat on your face. And all the people that are standing there watching you instead of worrying about their own business are going to laugh and snicker and you're going to give them something to talk about. But ultimately, you're going to get up and, and keep moving the feet forward. And that's where the power really comes in. You have to be able to be okay with being just screwing up and making an ass out of it. I have so many good stories where I've been embarrassed the shit out of myself. Oh, sorry. Barbara, yeah. can I ask a question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, so I think that that comes with two things, age and failure. 
right? Like in order for me to feel comfortable falling on my face, I had to fall enough times where now I'm like, oh, that was fun. Let's do it again. You know, but the tenacity comes from actually failing. So until you let yourself do it once or twice or three times, you don't get comfortable or even getting excited, right, to fail because you know that you gave everything. Does that make sense? I totally agree. Good well, morning, Brielle. Good morning, Brielle. You know, it's a muscle, Brielle, and, you know, uh, Brian, you'll agree. It's a muscle, and you have to build it. The only way you build a muscle, whether it's the muscle of perseverance, tenacity, uh, your attitude muscle, go to you got to break it down. Go to Kipling, man. See success and failure for the imposter that they are. And the reality is every time I hit uh, a, a rock bottom or I had a failure, and I, I, I remind myself that that's actually success in disguise. And, you know, it, it's, you know, it's when people are winning. Uh, and I, I've, I've said this, and these words were uttered to me by my partner many, many years ago, but the seeds of failure are, are often planted in the soil of success. And conversely, the seeds of success are planted in the soil of failure. And, and, and it, when you dig into that a little bit, the seeds of failure being planted in the soil of success. Right now in, in the automobile business, a lot of dealers are making lots of money. And we're seeing the planes and the trains and the automobiles and the fancy boats and, and all that stuff. And, and that starts to undermine uh, what's going on. And you know, I'm digging in with the team now saying, hey, what, what can we do during this period of time to prepare us for when things get, get difficult? Uh, and because I've been here too many times where this is the time when people are celebrating. They go out. They have a, a cocktail or two or three or ten. They go out, they get bottle service. There's a big IM at the bar buying everyone drinks. And then that workout in the morning, of course, I can't do the workout in the morning. Come on, I was out until four o'clock in the morning drink. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. And, and you've started to unwind and uh, undermine your own success. Conversely, when you get punched in the nose, when you get an eviction notice, when the electricity gets turned off, you, you get to that never again. Never again. I'm not going to have. No, no, I'm not. Gonna, no, I'm not living this way anymore. No way. My mom didn't raise me to, to, to be like this, to be sitting here with an eviction notice or, or a repossession of my car. No, never again. And, and and you start to get serious. So, you know, see success and failure for the imposters that they actually are. And that flood that you spoke about, Hurricane Superstorm Sandy, I had my car stored in Brooklyn Navy Yard. They were on a dock that was elevated 10 feet above the high tide sea level. The problem was during Superstorm Sandy, the tide rose 14 feet. So it meant I had my cars underwater. How many cars underwater? 928 cars underwater. 928 cars underwater represented $28.6 million. Okay, no problem. Call the insurance company and get that done. Well, the insurance company informs us, oh, hey, by the way, did you know you had a, a, a flood exclusion on your policy? I'm sorry, what? Yeah, yeah, well, after Katrina... You know, we put a flood exclusion on everyone's policies, and it's right there in the policy. Well, well nobody told me about that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, we, we, we told you. Do you have any proof of that? No. Wait, wait, wait. So I've got $28 million worth of cars that are underwater, and I have no insurance. I don't have a little insurance. I have no insurance. I have no coverage. Holy cow. And the people, in retrospect, that were around me at that time, uh, say, hey, you were 16 hours a day, 17 hours a day in the store. You're ghost white. And I'm digging through every note that I ever took. And I'm not permitted to discuss the the outcome of that, but uh, you know, b believe me, I take copious notes. I have every document of every meeting I ever had, and we we had a, we ended up having an okay outcome. 
but that was for me you know I, I had the cars i had to sell the cars i sold 928 cars belly button to belly button to a salvage yard to get 33 cents on the dollar from those guys okay that recoups a portion of it i did this to get another portion of it and at the very time when we had no cars at the very time the demand was sky high because you know all the people had lost their cars too and my other dealer colleagues have plenty of cars their cars were safe and mine were, were still swimming uh, underwater oh by the way the bank said hey benstock you got great credit we'll lend you another 28 million dollars and i said well I, I don't want it i don't want it I, you don't get out of a hole uh with a shovel uh, no, no 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 i'm gonna i'm gonna make do with what we got we'll sell 10 i'll buy 10 we'll sell 10 i'll buy 10 we'll sell 20 i'll buy 20. and and little by little we got out of that mess and i i have to tell you the man that went into that mess and the man that came out two very different cats two when we got out of that I, you know, I said, what, what can stop us now? You know, we, we got through that and people were, my staff, Barbara, my staff was ready to jump ship, man. We got no cars, uh, cars are underwater. I'm flipping out every day. I'm a maniac every, every day. Uh, but, but, you know, pers perseverance. So at the time when I thought I was at my very lowest, it was actually the time I was getting uh, very strong. So it's see those imposters for what they are, just that. What a story. <laughs> it's one of it's one of my favorite. It's definitely one of my favorites. Uh, it gives me so, so much respect and shows so much leadership and resilience. And we all have to tap into it. And even when I talk about some of the difficult things I've been through, it's things happen for you. We just don't realize it at the time. We're looking, you know, hands hands to the heavens, and we're like, "What the? <laughs> why did this happen?" But you come out. Your great great grandkids will tell this story, Brian. You know, be like, "Ah, oh, you know." I, and I think it's the power because a lot, I, not everybody would have weathered that storm. It would have been their defining story of defeat. They've been there. I would have been okay. I was up on the top of the mountain and I was killing it. And the storm came in. We've all seen and met and know people like that. There was brinksmanship. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you that we we brought some people to the to the very edge. Uh, but like I said it turned out. But do you live for those moments now? Because I do, I do. I live, literally live for the moments where it looks really, really hard. And I think to myself exactly what Barbara said. I said, okay, my great, great, 30 years from now, 50 years from now, 100 years from now, this story, if I can get through this, will be another one of those great ones. And that's literally what pushes me forward, right, is that generational the, the generational power of who we are. Because for me, I think it builds our DNA. It builds our character, right? And so now it gives our children's children something to like stand on. Like, man, my grandpa, my grandma, they did this so I can do it too. Yeah? I totally agree. And it does, you draw upon it. I'll, I'll share this. Uh, when I was going through my divorce, which by the way, divorce has nothing like Cancer's got nothing on divorce. Going through chemo and cancer is one thing, but man, divorce, that's a whole sport unto itself. And I remember somebody saying to me, they said, the only way out is through. And I always share that with anybody who's going through tough times. Uh, you know, just keep, just keep moving the feet forward. Because even when I hear Brian's story, I just know it could have been his defining story of defeat and despair and just that's the story he could have told his great great grandkids or would be told long after he was gone and it's such a better story when it's 
you know, being a victor. You know, my um, my grandparents survived the Holocaust and I draw upon their stories because I grew up with them as well. And my father didn't get to the States till he was five. I, I draw upon it. I was like, I am the descendant of major badassery. Yes. And <laughs> like, wait a second. Like, so I just, I draw upon it. I'm very proud of it. And, um, you know, they, they never gave up and they never, they lost, they had every reason to give up. So I always, <laughs> when I can set Brian up at the net, I'm like, tell that story again. I'm literally like a, a, a five-year-old, like, tell the story again. How the, all the cards loaded. <laughs> no, it's the same. Cause I feel like that's what, that was my alley. I was like, Barbara, tell the story of your grandparents being in the Holocaust, right? Like without you knowing it, that was my alley. Because when I hear you tell that story, I'm like, oh, Barbara, it's a badass. She can get through anything. Her gene, her genetics say she can get through anything, you know? And so I think that it's also us remembering that as we tell those stories, like I'm going to tell the story of, you know, of Brian now, right? I, I talk about your grandparents. As we tell these stories, it also shapes and defines how we go through life, but how other people perceive us to go through life. And it gives me strength, right? When I think about something, I'm like, oh, yeah, Barbara can get through that, you know, in the back of my <laughs> mind. I know you're going to be okay. A hundred percent. You know, uh, Brian brought up something, you know, uh, about failure and giving up. And I kind of dove into like making it, you know, humiliating yourself or falling flat on your face, giving people something to talk about. And people ask me a lot about television. Like, how do you do that? How do you do that? And I'm going to tell you something right now. The reason I'm able to put myself out there is because I'm okay with all the feels. The like, ooh, that was, yeah, that was bad. So um, yesterday, or two days ago, I did the Today Show, which everyone knows I love the Today Show. And my next segment is actually going to be back in the studio. So I cannot wait. I haven't been in the studio since the Super Bowl, a Super Bowl ago. And so I, of course, go and do the show. Hoda and Jenna asked me, they're like, so how does that smokeless fire pit work? And I didn't know. I said, I don't know. And then I dropped this word and, and my son told me that it's wrong and I still can't say the word properly. So it's, I said, it's saucer, saucery. I can't say the word. But Even as I say it correctly, it sounds like my Jersey is really going deep, like saucery. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah. saucery, so, saucer, so I can't, so let's totally just say Jersey. Barbara. Majeski cannot say that word. So I tell Gabe, you know, what happened, my son, so it was my daughter's birthday, we were all at the dinner table. And my Gabe was like, how did you say saucery? I said, saucery. He goes, you're saying saucery. I'm like, I can't say it. And he like was howling and we're laughing. And I think because I'm okay with leaving it all on, out in the field and giving my best. I gave my best. I didn't know the answer. I thought saucery was the only word because it really, I did not, I do not know how a smokeless fire pit works. I'm an on-air television personality and not a scientist. And it was a great question, but I am okay with that. I gave my best effort and that I will still go on TV and I'm always going to make mistakes. I am sometimes going to make a total, you know, fool of myself, but I'm just going to keep showing up. And I think some people are afraid of humiliating themselves and falling flat on their face. And people are going to laugh. People are going to talk about you. You might as well give them something to talk about. And you get ahead of a story before people can sit there and you want to have a good laugh. I will. You can laugh at me all you want, but I'm laughing with you. I'm laughing with you. So ladies and gentlemen, the word is now saucery because there's no better way to say it. And you got to be okay with 
making the mistakes and then having the stories to carry with you and then keep getting back up. And um, what, where this all started was 75 hard with Brian is that I see him just, he keeps getting back in the game. He's like, whoops, I just, I had a mess up starting day one. And that is really hard. Like uh, Justin said, we all start at zero when we're starting our YouTube channel. Right. And we all started zero on clubhouse and we look at everyone else where they're at, but we all started in the same place or as Brian says, less than zero. So, <laughs> uh, but I know Brian is just dropping his daughter off at school and probably no, listening. I, 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 are you good? I'm here, the girls You're, okay. are at school, and uh, it's 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 always a pleasure listening and talking uh, with, with, with you guys and sharing, you know, the things that uh, really count in life. Failure is really just it's just not failure; it's just part of the part of the process and the key ingredient. It's part of the journey, yeah. and you got to own it. You start working. You gotta also look at you know, the people that are gonna laugh at you. Who the hell needs them anyhow? And and so, some guys get a fancy whatever watch, and the only people that are gonna be impressed with that are people that don't have it. Uh, the people that do have it, you know, you know what? You know, some of the cats I run around with today. What watch can I buy that would impress somebody? The answer is none. None. There's no watch I can buy. It could be three hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, a million dollars, and and. That you know, it's 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 completely unnecessary, and and so we worry about people and their impression uh, of us and what they're going to think when we fail. You know, it's a better story when you fail and you pick yourself up, you dust yourself off, and you get back in there. Uh, and you know, you know, think of that you know the Rocky movie. He gets knocked down, and you know, Goggins references this as like one of the defining moments of his life, that round in Rocky, where Rocky, uh, Apollo Creed knocks Rocky down and Rocky gets up again and Apollo Creed turns around in disbelief. This, he's coming back at me again. Isn't that the better story? There's a, 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 a great boxing coach, Teddy Atlas, who says, Mike Tyson lost every fight that he was ever in. Now, I'm a big Mike Tyson fan. I'm and I, I like and respect Teddy Atlas. So I'm like, Atlas, what the hell are you talking about? And he goes on to explain that Tyson had such a physical advantage over all of his competitors. He was expected to win. But he was tested. And he goes, I mean, fully tested by somebody else that had the physical strength, somebody else that had the training, but somebody else that was mentally more sound. Every time he was tested, he lost. And I'm like, well, well, well who are you talking? And if and Holyfield, he couldn't beat Holyfield. He he fought, he fought the second time, he beat his ear off. And we and we both wait. Hey, Brian, you're in the matrix. <laughs> Brian, uh, and it's getting so good. I know. Why do you go into the matrix? I, I'm ha <laughs> hanging on this story. <laughs> I literally, I just left the airport, and I'm thinking. Wait, am I am I losing signal? But it was such a good story. Brian, Brian when you back, back out of the matrix, and then if you, I think if you Google if Barbara Majeski, Mike Tyson, there's a picture of me with Mike at the USTA <laughs> USTA event. I was worried about my ear, but um, I came out unscathed. I want to <laughs> share this that I found called. Wait, Brian, are you back? Are you out of the matrix? Wait, no, you're still in the matrix. Keep driving. <laughs> You're still in the matrix. I read this thing because we're talking about 
you know, how other people judge us, what have you. It's called FOPO. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it, but Michael Jervis came across my news feed and it's the fear of other people's opinions. And it's the number one inhibitor of human potential. FOPO, the number one fear of, uh, it's the fear of other people's opinions an irrational and unproductive obsession in the modern world and the number one inhibitor of human potential. And just what Brian was tapping into is get back up like, and give people something to, to talk about. They're going to judge you. You might as well give them something to judge you about. And Goggins, and actually I, I love the Rocky movies, and there's one part where he's just on the ropes and you see Apollo Creed just like, oh my God, this guy's getting back up again. And I love that. That's what I feel like when I get knocked down. I'm like, I want to keep getting back up when people think that they really, and because people are standing there watching you because you're putting yourself out in the arena of life. Like you are the man in the arena and Goggins failed five times because he was, he was overweight and out of shape and he failed five times. I believe it was at military training boot camp. I, I, I don't remember exactly where, but, or exactly what, but I know that he failed five times and drew upon the strength of that movie and what he saw and tapped into that. And that's what I see with Brian. Each time he gets back on the 75 hard, I'm like, never give up. Like, Brian, you're never going to give up because I, I'm like, I want to draw it upon that. It giving up doesn't pay well. You know, it just, it just doesn't pay <laughs> it well. It doesn't pay well. And, I, and so, so why stop? But, you know, going back to Tyson, uh, you know, they, they, when he was truly tested and when he knocked Rick Bow down and he, he literally knocked him out, Bo was down you know, 12, 13 seconds, but he got the favorable count and got back up. Tyson turned around and said, oh, my God, this guy's getting back up. And and, and Bo went on to defeat uh, Mike Tyson. It was the first time he'd ever been defeated. And, you know, there's a saying by Lyndon Johnson. Uh, Johnson was pushing through after President Kennedy uh, had, had been assassinated. Johnson was pushing through many of Kennedy's initiatives and nobody wanted to, you know, uh, stop an initiative from the fallen president. And they, they lost uh, a, a bill before, that went before uh, Congress. And it was a, a minor, it was a minor bill. And they told Johnson, don't worry about it. You know, it's a minor bill, no big deal. And Johnson said, once you lose on a minor bill, it's like a whale getting cut. The sharks come to feed. And it's very, very true. You know, so don't, don't take, you know, you've got to keep your eyes open. But Tyson lost that fight. He lost the, the Holyfield fight. Once that whale had been broken, had been cut, other people saw he's not superhuman. He can be beat. And, you know, Mike's life, you know, spiraled out of control. And there's a lot of contributing factors to that uh, for sure. But Teddy Atlas had brought up any time he was truly tested that he failed. And he goes, he was truly tested six times. Not, not those 40 fights that he won. He was so much better than his other opponents that were fights for him. He just ran through them. He was so much stronger. But you look at, and I'm a, I'm a big boxing fan, you look at Muhammad Ali going up against George Foreman. There is no way in the world our guy Ali should have won. What made Ali win? You know, Ali lost to Joe Frazier in 15 rounds at Madison Square Garden. 15 rounds. And then Foreman fought Frazier and knocked him down six times in the first two rounds and knocked him out. And then Ali has the audacity to go and fight this man who beat 
the man that beat him. And, and everyone thought in Zaire he was going to get killed. And and he didn't. He found a way because champions always find a way. That's the difference between Ali and But Ali found a way to get it done. And I think champions find a way to get it done. And 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 I would have lost to the younger, stronger foreman, and the entire world would have understood it. But it wouldn't have been his saga. It wouldn't have been his legacy. It was that man figuring out at that time how to beat that big bear, that big bear in in Africa. And and the the, the crowd was chanting Ali Kumbaye, which is Ali kill him, and he knocked out this guy that nobody had ever knocked out. I mean, so. I, I think there's a lot of parables to that in, in life. That's the story. Barbara Majeski, chapter one. Barbara had a nice childhood, and she grew up, and she was happy. Chapter two, uh, Barbara's elementary school years were very happy. Chapter three, Barbara's high school years were great. <laughs> chapter four, Barbara had a wonderful time in college, and she was a homecoming queen. Chapter five, she's a happy housewife. The book sucks. I don't want to read it. Barbara went through the woods. Barbara got attacked. Her father did this. Her mother did that. Blah, 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 blah. And Barbara fell, and she's this, and she's that. Oh, my God, she married a great guy. Oh, my God, the guy's not a great guy. Oh, my God, she went through divorce. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, let's throw some cancer in there. And you're reading the book, and you, you want to see the adventure. How does she get out of it? And, and so that, that seeming failure is the part that keeps us interested. Not in today, everyone wants to be the victim. Oh, I'm a victim. We don't want to see the victim. We want to see how the victim overcomes being a victim. I was a victim. They did this to my people. I was a victim. They did this to me. I was a victim. They did this to me at work. And here's what I did. I won. I beat them. I stood tall. I didn't cry. Today, it's like, who's got the worst story? Oh, I had cancer. Okay, well, I had cancer and a broken arm and I lost my son. Okay, I, and we're trying to outtop each other with the terrible things. And, it's, and not everybody, but that's a lot of people do that. And I get it. Life happens to all of us. But the, the great thing is what we do to overcome those uh, challenges. That's, that's the thing I want to hear. That's the thing that inspires me. Somebody that was down, somebody that was in jail, that gets out of jail and says, never again, you don't know what that's like. I'm not going back. Holocaust survivors that you mentioned, Barbara, it's a special breed of people. They understand life and what's important and struggle from a completely different perspective. And I think if we had perspective, if we walked a day or a week, wouldn't it be great to be your grandmother, your great-grandmother for a week to understand what, uh, or your great-great-grandmother to understand whomever is listening to this, or your great-great-grandfather, what was a week in their life like? And wouldn't it be great to just be that person for a week? You'd come back to this person and say, oh my God, wait a second. I had to heat the house. I had to chop the tree down to heat the house. Oh my God, doing the laundry? I did the laundry in the we didn't even we did the laundry in the sink. Oh, by the way, I had to pump the water to get the water. You know, what would it be like? And wouldn't that be such a great lesson for all of us? All of us complaining because we've got slow or no Wi Fi connection. Me complaining, I'm in the matrix. That's not fair. Wait a second, I'm in the matrix. I'm I'm driving in a car 60 miles an hour. I've got this thing called the internet. I'm talking with a bunch of people from all over the country right now, and I'm gonna complain that there's a little connection problem. Come on now. Give me a break. Uh, I really like that. It's, that would be a really good exercise. I'm really taking a minute and thinking about if my so my grandmother is the is the survivor, uh, but she lost her mother in the in the war. I if I could be my great grandmother and she endured so much or even my grandmother and wake up in my space like the sheets. All of a sudden I would remember that I have amazing sheets and a 
bed and air conditioning and heat so I, and I like my, I was Barbara, I was talking to my business partner um, and she she's eighty and she was reminding me when she first got married and uh, she was able to go to uh, her mother-in-law and father-in-law's house and they were kind enough to sleep the mother-in-law and father-in-law slept on the couch and allowed the newlyweds to sleep in the bed uh, and I said man that's living can you imagine can you imagine that's living uh, at, at, at that point and, and today you know our, our kids our children the expectations uh, they just they don't know and I think it is important that we you know that we appreciate what we've got and we appreciate the struggles that people that came before us had to go through to allow us the luxury that we have today. And, and, and I think it's also incumbent on us to do our part to take that baton to an even greater part also, to you know show our kids the calluses on our hands and say, hey, these help, you need these, you need these. And, and whether it's mental calluses, physical calluses, financial calluses, uh, uh, whatever kind of calluses that made you tougher or harder, that those are, are good. You know, soft events don't ever make hard people. Uh, uh, sadly, it sometimes takes those difficult events to, to toughen us up a little bit and, and to enable us to tell others, hey, I did it. You can do it. Here's how. I agree. And it, it also just begs. Me an idea. You guys just gave me an idea for our next retreat. So we're just going to we're, we're going to have a little retreat where we're just all going to go out in the woods and have to pump water and uh, <laughs> live in. We'll, we'll, we'll sleep in tents for the night. That'll be. A, it, it'll be a. It'll be a very cost-effective retreat for. Uh, you can for zoom me in on that. I'll zoom. I'll oh, zoom come retreat on that now, Barbara, you're the outdoor <laughs> living girl, man. Like this is. Sounds like we'll bring it to you. You don't want to have trip. a big property. Imagine cutting the lawn on a big property. You know. Uh, we're, we're put with a push lawn mower, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it, it, it puts things in perspective. You know, people, people were, didn't have the obesity problem they had now, uh, they have now. Why? Because you couldn't just go to the store and buy a cake. You had to bake one. Uh, and, and, you know, and so it's a, it's a little more difficult to do that. The same thing with many things that we prepare. We've made things so easy that people have become very soft. And I think the, the ease and the ability to save, time and save other things should be we should reinvest that time now into something else right Glenn you see in auto we've got a lot of technology that helps us do what we're doing yet we have the same number of employees so the the expectation should be if technology made things easier and we have the same number of people we should be doing more or we need to have less people otherwise what's the point of the technology uh, there the technology the internet uh, it's a freaking miracle and it should enable us to reach broader stronger markets quicker with, with more accuracy and, and for many of us it, it, it has yeah see brian mm. and that's why you're i'm sorry glenn i interrupted you go ahead i was just gonna say i i agree 100 brian i actually just put together a uh, a training that'll go out next week that really talks about that like it's time to reevaluate our our systems, our structures, uh, it's time to reevaluate our pay plans. And tech stacks, man. Tech stacks. Awesome. Take a look at what's sitting on top of your DMS. Right. And, 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 and like barnacles on the bottom of a boat, one, then two, then three, then 4,000, then 5,000, and they slow the boat down. And every now and then, take that boat out of the water and scrape or power wash those barnacles off and start fresh and watch how... The boat just slips through the water, just glides through the water. Take those barnacles off. And we all have the barnacles. Uh, my closet represents barnacles now. I've got suits 
I, and I like looking at them like trophies. There are suits I will never wear again. Oh, my God, what was I thinking when I bought the suit? It's time to purge. Give it to somebody else who's going to look at that suit and say, man, I'm styling. But I look at it now and say, what the hell was I thinking when I bought that? Time to purge. If it's not helping you, it's hurting you. Well, Brian, that's why you guys are going to – are such great leaders. I think of Blockbuster all the time in this space because you have to go where the puck is going. You have to pull the boat out of the water and look at ways to streamline and move you know, aggressively through the ties. You've got to be able to keep growing, and it's crazy. Blockbuster's <laughs> revenue. Blockbuster's yep. revenue was dependent on your – for turning that tape late. They knew that the late fees were going to make them a fortune. And, and why would you return the, the, the tape late? Because it was a pain in the butt. You watch the movie, you're done with it. Oh, be kind, rewind. I got to sit there like a Schmendrick and rewind the movie. And, and then you got to return it and you got to go back there. You don't want to return it. And, and the, the CEO actually said, our customers enjoy the interaction with other people when they're picking out tapes. What are you, nuts? I used to go there. I'd have sweats on a hoodie. I, did, I prayed I didn't see anybody I knew. I, I, I'd grab a, a, a movie or so and, and, and watch the movie. Get the hell out of there. I didn't want to be there. And all of a sudden with Netflix, you know, I'm like, it's night and day. And they had the right. They had the ability to buy Netflix for some for pennies, for pennies. But no, no, no. They thought it was never going to work out. Ha <laughs> ha. They I, I think that's a story that needs to be told time and time again, because they were already in the game. They had the name. They had the connections. They had, you know, award ceremonies. They were they were leading the pack in at home entertainment and they just didn't look to where the puck was going. And Come the on, puck was Kodak. clearly going. Kodak owned mm -hmm. the rights to digitals in, in the late 80s or early 90s. And, and the, the, the man that was presenting it to the board, the story goes, he, he, he talked to them about digital and they gave him the, hey, young man, do you understand the business we're in? We sell film and we sell processing and developing. This, the quality is never going to match the quality we had. Now get out of here. And, but, but soon it's easier. I don't care. It's easier. And, and sure enough, the quality got better. And, and the ease of not having to go. Think of what you used to do. You would take a picture. You captured the picture, but you had to go through all 35. Okay, so you took the 35 pictures. You had to take that and you had to drop it off someplace, right? Drop that film off. Two, three, four days later, it came back. You had to go pick it up. Then when you picked it up, you picked it up and you, you realized you cut Uncle Fester's head off and you couldn't relive that magic moment <laughs> or you wanted to get enlargements, right? And, and my daughter said there's one of them, one of those shopping malls. There's one of those uh, the pickup and delivery places for film that's now like a smoke shop. She goes, Dad, what's that? I said, oh, it's the place you used to drop off your film. She said, Dad, what's film? And, and you realize now, you know, you realize now the ease in taking a picture. You take the friction out, make it frictionless. And today, 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 on the 24th of September, more photographs will be taken today than in the entire history of photograph of film photography. More pictures will be taken today than in the cumulative history of film photography. Ben Stock, I don't agree with that. Well, tough. It's true because every one of us has a camera. Every one of us, most of us, will take a picture today or two or three or five or six times that by 100 or 200, 300 million people. And you see how many billions of pictures are taken today. Why? Because we made it easier. And the quality of the 
image improved to now where it's as good or better than film. And, and so that, that technology that's changing, and it's the same for us in auto, online sales, I believe the same thing. People that were saying you're never going to make the same profit. Well, maybe not initially, but we will. And you take the friction out and you make it easy for people to buy things. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to buy more things. So you're going to make it easier in your market can be many times the size of that. And whatever industry you're in, I would challenge you to look at things from that perspective. The easier you make it for people to do business, the more business they're going to do. And even if the margin per transaction is less, you can do a heck of a lot more of them without the expense. Oh my God, you're making me think of those photo, remember those photo booths? Or not the photo booths, but they're like photo huts. Does anybody yeah, remember yeah, the yeah. photo huts? <laughs> Right, they were like in the parking lot in the parking lot of supermarkets because you'd have to go there every week. So they figured you drop off your film, you pick up your film. But those are the next dinosaurs. Think about going to a shopping cart, Barbara. What do you do? You go into a supermarket. What do you do? You load up the shopping cart. You go through every aisle. You load up the shopping cart. Then what do you do? You go to the checkout. What do you do? You unload the shopping cart. Then what do you do? You pay. Then what do you do? You load the shopping cart back up. Then what do you do? You go out to your car. Then what do you do? You unload the shopping cart. Then what do you do? You drive home. Then what do you do? You unload the shopping cart. Isn't that ridiculous? Why don't you just have them bring the damn stuff to your house? Oh, <laughs> yeah. And so it just like that, somebody flicks that switch, and all of a sudden, a completely different understanding. And it changes everything. It changes everything. Yeah. And the key is that we all have to go, as Wayne Gretzky says, you got to go where the puck is going, not where it's at. Otherwise, you're going to end up like those photo huts and the, and the blockbusters. Well, Brian, we behaved for one straight hour. Yay. Barely. <laughs> they may ask us to I come know, back right, again. Lord. We were so good. We can't guarantee we'll behave every week, but um, Sarah, Glenn, we'll pass the mic back to you. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.